Welcome to the Sound of Goshen, brought to you by the Goshen Chamber of Commerce and your community health system, Goshen Health. Get started on your own path to living vibrantly. The first step, Goshen Health. Visit livevibrantly.com. This week's podcast episode, Sounds Around Town. Welcome to the Sound of Goshen. Today's episode is Sounds Around Town, featuring Kevin Deary of the Boys and Girls Clubs of Elkhart County. It's brought to you in part by Everance. Ground your finances in values like care, hope, and sharing. Everance, I'm your host, Vince Turner. Well, today, a challenging discussion, hopefully uh, a filled with hope discussion, but a challenging discussion as well. We met Kevin Deary in the last podcast episode talking about a 28-year career with the Boys and Girls Clubs of Elkhart County and a 35-year career with Boys and Girls Club of America, all told. And he's worked with young people and all of the challenges over these last almost four decades now and, uh, and has seen the best and the brightest and has seen some of the most challenging. And that's one of the things we wanted to talk about right now. Kevin, when you would, if I were to say, what is the state of youth in Goshen in particular, but Elkhart County in general, um, what are some of the things that, that you would use, uh, both positively and challenging, uh, for us to look at as far as the state of youth is concerned? Vince, I think the state of youth is changing. Childhood has, has not changed. Uh, what the kids need as far as love and hope and inspiration, uh, acceptance. Uh, but I also see almost a lost generation in some cases where kids are trying to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. That's not abnormal for teenagers. It is very different when they're 9 and 10 and 11, and we're seeing some of that throughout the uh, the county. I think that uh, the, the Internet is both a great thing and a challenge. Cell phones, a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. Kids have instant information now. They don't have to talk to their parents. They don't have to talk to their teachers or their pastors. They can just Google and Bing things. And I think that's a real challenge because they have instant information and they don't always have somebody they can talk to to process that. So I think one of the things that uh, I look at for the future, kids still need to learn character and uh, kindness. So I love when I see parents who have their kids volunteer and they plant flowers or they rake yards and they want they want to teach take care of your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important to teach children uh, work ethic and to be a man or a woman of your word. Kevin, we've talked about this a little bit before um, with my work uh, on the board of trustees and then in the relationship that you and I have. Um, COVID hit young people hard. I mean, we've talked about the effects of of COVID, and regardless of where you are on the political line or or you know the intervention line or whatever, let's put all that aside for a moment and just talk about and, and get people to listen to, you know, it, it. Yes, it had an effect on the economy. Yes, it's had kind of an effect on our relationships and discussions. But I believe that COVID may have had as much impact on our young people. Um, long-term impact than just about anything we can imagine. I think a lot of these political infights are really hard for kids. They they don't necessarily understand, mm-hmm. and as in, and especially teenagers because they're not living on their own. COVID interrupted their routines in life. The th- their baseball games were canceled. No more cheerleading. No more 4-H. Everything was canceled, and they. They kind of lost their way. So did a lot of adults. But 
we have enough adult life and relationships to muscle through, use our survivor skills. Uh, kids had to learn to develop survival skills at a much younger age. And I think that caused a lot of anxiety and stress, a lot of it, because they couldn't fix it. They couldn't run from it. It was, it was around them. Their parents were scared. Uh, they were around each other all the time. I know I worked from home for 10 weeks, and it almost drove me crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I just need to people. I need to be in mm-hmm. a routine. And it was very hard for me, and I can only imagine – for our young people, how hard it was when they didn't have routine. You became a warrior um, from your CEO position in terms of trying to do the best to offer services in the midst of COVID shutdowns, COVID challenges, health challenges, et cetera. Your staff followed suit. Your volunteers followed suit. Just give us a little bit of a capsule of how hard you had to work, the different things that the Boys and Girls Club needed to do to keep at least a minimal contact with young people. Well, we, we were one of the first Boys and Girls Cubs to open back up in uh, in first week of June. Mm-hmm. And it was very important to us to bring our staff back to and, and then to open. And the first group we reached out to, because we had to be in these COVID pods, so we were temperature taking, we were cleaning everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody was washing their hands every 30 minutes. We had lots of wipes and sanitizer. But the first group we reached out to was the nurses and the Nurses, aides, children, the doctors, firemen, police, first responders, nobody would take many of their kids. And we decided they're taking care of us. We have to take care of their families. So we opened up, and I give my the board and the staff a lot of credit for that because there was a lot of people saying we shouldn't open up. But uh, we needed to help our, our medical community and our first responders and our teachers because our teachers were thrust into – going from teaching in a classroom to virtual, and many of them didn't have the technical skills. It was a very high stress for everybody. And we wanted to make sure that we could open up and help first responders and medical community. And And we had, um, well, I think we were at probably 75 to 100 a day mm-hmm. in these little pods spread all over the building. And it, it was critical for us. And then we opened back up as we could and as we could hire staff, which, as you know, is very challenging. Mm-hmm. And you started to notice a difference in the young people right away, didn't you? Right away. Just the fact that they were back together in pods, even if they were small pods, their their social skills came, started to come back. Kids lost social skills, tremendous skills. So when they came back to school, they had to relearn all those. How do we interact with each other? How do we interact with authority figures? Mm-hmm. And the kids at the Boys and Girls Club were already ahead of that. So by the time schools could, could come back, our kids were already ahead of that curve. Have you noticed some some things that are coming back a bit more slowly? Are, are there things that your staff have to intervene with right now that that are a byproduct of how much isolation we had and, and what they're having to relearn? Yeah, it's teens. Uh, we've lost a lot of our older teens, and we really need to recover them. And that's throughout the – that's not only the nonprofits, but churches, church uh, youth groups, and the high school. We need to recover our, our older kids that is very, very important because they're the ones that are feeling the most of the stress. Many of them were in middle school, and now they're sophomores. It's like they skipped two years of their life, and, and, they're, not, and they're, they're pretty angry about mm-hmm. that. They lost two years of their life. So did all of us. Uh, but, the, but they themselves, they missed out on things like prom and graduations and, 
having a chance to have a baseball league or I mean, a baseball team or a basketball football team, they couldn't play. And uh, they, they, they're pretty angry about that. I can't say that I blame them. Well, and it's one more thing to add to the anger pile because I, the thing that I've probably noticed as much as anything in, in dealing with young people today, maybe different than 10 years ago, 20 years ago, et cetera, is just this unbridled anger, regardless of where it's directed and what the cause is. But you're having to deal with kids that are just on edge. Very much on edge. And they're searching for escape. And the number one thing to do that is through gaming and through their cell phones. Mm -hmm. So they can interact now, not only through FaceTime, but instant messaging and all the Snapchats. They, they're in constant contact with each other. The problem with that is they're not physically near each other. Mm -hmm. So, And that's something we have to recover. Because when they go to interview for jobs, um, they're going to be interviewing hopefully with a person. And they need to recover some of those skills. And those are things that Boys and Girls Club teaches kids how to interview, how to shake hands, how to look people in the eye, how to answer questions thoroughly, how to have good work ethic. Uh, that's something that is taught to usually a parent to a child. But in, in our case, it's we do that either along with the parents or instead of the parents. have to ask you about the four-letter word that not all people like to either hear or use, uh, but it's a fact of life. It's been a fact of life since you got here in Goshen. Uh, it's gang. Right. And, and it's rearing its head once again. I believe that some of that isolation that was created by COVID, et cetera, has helped accelerate that. But just talk about your experience in dealing with gang culture, dealing with how kids get pulled into gangs, and, and what we need to do to pay attention to maybe, for lack of a better word, compete with gangs so that we get them into the Boys and Girls Club as opposed to some other club. Yes, and the, the way to do that is to get them younger and younger, to really focus the recruiting of, of young people at the intermediate level mm -hmm. uh, before they get to the junior high. I coach eighth grade football at the junior high. I love it. I love, <laughs> I love being with 14-year-olds. It's a great age. Uh, but for me, it's important. I recruit them to come to the Boys and Girls Clubs if they don't have some parents to keep their kids really busy, mm -hmm. as I did, as you did. Uh, so they're in lots of activities. But a lot of kids need those activities. And the club can fill that role for them. A lot of them don't have a lot of a lot of money or come from family with that. But the family is why kids go to gangs, because gangs do a couple things really well. Uh, they they give a sense of belonging, and a lot of kids really need that. Uh, they also give them a sense of purpose, even though it's negative, which is that's what we're combating. We, we want kids to feel. Like they belong to churches, to schools, to boys and girls clubs, to this community. And we want them, we want to put them on a positive path. Uh, and this draw from gangs is very powerful when you're 13, mm -hmm. 14, 15 years old. Well, and one of the things that I've seen as well um, that is attractive for some of the young people in terms of gang activity, it gives them a sense of security. Even if it's a false sense of security, they feel like they're safe because they're going to have protection. They are. You think about how proud we feel when we played in high school. We played sports, mm -hmm. or we were in band. Uh, we had an opportunity to to wear the same uniform, to to be part of a to belong to a team or a band or or maybe a, a dance team. Mm -hmm. uh, we felt like we belonged. Well, gangs use the exact same skill sets to attract kids to belong to them, and the deeper they get in, the more they own them. And the more that they that they take advantage of these young people, because 
If they go to jail, they just get another one. Mm -hmm. And that's not acceptable to us in this community. So we have to really offer kids alternatives with loving, positive adults that care about their future. And I know you've got a passion as well for some workforce development, for getting teens involved in different kinds of trainings. Uh, you know, the, one of the best alternatives that we can offer anyone is the opportunity to advance, uh, to learn a skill, to learn a craft. And you've got a passion in your last six months to make this happen as well. I do. Workforce development. I, I have a son who graduated Goshen High School, and he's a welder. And he was military trained. He's, he's an incredible welder. And he can do everything except underwater welding. And he lives in New Hampshire, and he uh, uh, makes a really good salary, and he's very ha- good at what he does. He's very happy. And try to find a mechanic or an electrician or a plumber. Uh, you're on waiting lists many times before they can get to you. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they charge a lot because they know they, 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 they're worthy of it. They, they're fixing your toilet or your car. And we need more electricians. We need more people in the trades, building buildings, uh, working for companies like DJ. I mean, that is so important to be able to continue to keep mm-hmm. that pipeline filled. Some kids are just meant uh, for trades work. I yeah. wish I had that And skill. it's a sense of pride. Well, yeah, because I, I was just going to say, you know, Phil looks at you and goes, no, Dad, don't touch that torch. Go, don't get anywhere near that torch. And he gets that pride because as much as he respects what you've done and what your career looks like, he has a little slice of territory that you can't do. And yeah. that makes young people feel good about does. what they can do. It really does. And it gives him that sense of hope and opportunity that he controls his own life. And mm-hmm. now I'm a grandpa and he's a great dad. And uh, But most importantly, uh, he doesn't let me get anywhere near tools. <laughs> Wise young man. Hey, we don't want this to be a downer. I, I want to end on an up. Um, when we talk about the state of young people, there are challenges, probably more challenges than than ever before. But there are also opportunities to celebrate. And you know, Boys and Girls Club offers that as well. You, you mentioned in our last podcast that there are a couple of young people who have won national art awards. We had a young lady who just blew the stage away in Chicago singing with a group of folks for the national convention. Uh, we've got kids who know how to shine when they get the opportunity. We do. Uh, one of our members, Shania from Elkhart, uh, had a chance to get on the stage with Shaka Khan and sing with Shaka <laughs> Khan. And at some point, Shaka Khan stopped singing, backed away, let her have the stage, and she owned it. She had a 1,000 people rocking. And for a 17-year-old young lady from Elkhart High School, that's a dream. And she's very talented. And that voice was found at 12 years old at the Boys and Girls Club by one of my staff, Quentin Williams, who said, you have talent. And next thing you know, she was rocking the, with Shaka Khan. So. He was a great encourager, is he not? Quentin Williams is a, is a star. It's so. a fantastic thing. Kevin, I appreciate you spending time with us. But more important, we appreciate what you've done for the city of Goshen, for the young people of Goshen, for the people of Elkhart County. I know it's been a labor of love, um, but we are very, very blessed to have had you among us. Well, thank you. Kevin Derry, he is soon to be retired. Well, I shouldn't say soon. He's got six more months. And if you know Kevin at all, he's going to drive it right to the last final day uh, at the Boys and Girls Clubs of Elkhart County. A much-deserved retirement coming up. Sounds Around Town, a presentation of Everance. Ground your finances in values like care, hope, and sharing. Everance. Sounds Around Town, also a presentation of the Goshen Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, Vince Turner.